Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. This is Danny filling in for Sam, who we haven't roasted very well so far, but I think that's going to be ended soon. Um, you know, we've been talking about created for a purpose, and it's just something God laid on my heart last week. And you know, and and the scripture that I had with it was for it was you who created my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. And kind of the heart behind it is not so much your defined purpose, but the journey that goes along with that. And, you know, the the battered lives that some of us lead and everything, but, but you still have to center in on the fact that God created you. He had something in mind when he created you, and it was a good thing. And, you know, as, as, as we talk about right here, you know, we all have a special sauce kind of thing. So anyway... We're going to go to Mr. Jim, who's back with us. Glad to have you back, Jim. It's good to be back and kicking, and you're ready for me to just keep talking. Just keep rolling there, big guy. <laughs> when I heard this, uh, well, it reminded me, the first thing I thought of was an old joke that most of you probably heard, but I'll tell it anyway. There was the uh, pastor doing the children's sermon, something used to happen at a lot of churches, and He's talking about well. First, I want I want to talk about something. It's a you're you're familiar with it. This is something that loves to run up and down trees, and it eats nuts, and it's got a big furry tail. A little kid raises his hand. I know what it is. It's Jesus, but it sure sounds an awful lot like a squirrel. So my first reaction to this was, well, my purpose is to follow Jesus to have a relationship with him. And I thought I was done. And that was one of the longest times I think I've ever spent on pursuing the topic. Uh, From there, I wandered all the way up to my communicants class. I was raised Presbyterian, and I had to learn the shorter catechism. And I thought, well, the chief end of man. I still remember the first one. And it's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I said, well, that's a good answer. And it sort of went downhill from there. And I wandered around in a lot of areas. I looked at clips. I didn't like anything I was seeing. I prayed about it. God didn't talk to me. And God is about to God is about to talk to me. Let's hear what he's got to say. I think there was something about a Farvik Nugan trail of some kind. Uh, (laughs) Nothing to do with going driving far. Um, Was it a rabbit that you you had a different? We're going to get to the. I started with a squirrel. (laughs) We started with a rodent. We're going to move up to a lagomorph. 
and Chase Rabbit Trails. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. <laughs> yeah. That just means going. It's kind of a long. Germans like to have long words that we can shorten a lot, and Hebrews shorten the best of all. But anyway, we're going to fill up your, your time slot here, even though we blew. That blew is it. the rabbit trail. <laughs> And we're on a rabbit trail, and I'm good, and I've got a a brain that wanders all over the place, and these guys are enjoying getting me derailed, but we're going to get back to it. But uh, the where I ended up after that is I said, well, it's got to be about me, and that's where I really got, okay, I don't, I was in a funk most of this week, and I was scrambling around, doing a lot and accomplishing nothing. So I'm usually the peaceful, easygoing guy. But as my wife told someone, you know, he he seems calm, but you don't know how fast the – oh, we got ducks in this one too. How fast the ducks' feet are moving under the water. I'm quacking up here. <laughs> yes, no quacking up here. But ultimately I got to where I was – looking at, okay, I got to look at me. I did this five-day study in three days. And during that, I don't remember much about it because I wasn't really paying attention to what I was studying. But the guy said something to the effect of, how do you leave a room? Are people more cheerful, happier after you're gone? Or are they more stressed because you were there and you're leaving a room stressed or peaceful? And God finally said, ding, 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 as somebody else just said recently. And the first thing that came to mind is this song, which we are finally going to get to. If you smile at me, I will understand. Because that is something everybody everywhere does in the same. Wooden ships on the water. Uh, that had significance, and I don't know why that one came because I hadn't thought much about that song in a long time. But uh, 40, excuse me, 50 years ago, I bought my first cassette player. It was sort of like a boombox, but they weren't calling them that yet. And the very first cassette I bought was Crosby, Stills, Dash, and this was my second favorite cup on that cup cut on that album and it uh, meant a lot to me because I sort of put myself in it I also in those days you know you didn't have the lyrics on your cell phone 
you were if you had an LP, sometimes you had the lit lyrics, but this was a cassette, and there were no lyrics. So I heard the words a little differently. And that was actually significant because when he said everybody sees a smile or in the same language is the actual word, I heard enlightened way out of language. And then at the end, he basically says, you know, we probably will survive. But it was, for me, it was God may keep us both alive. And the whole thing was two soldiers, opposite sides. Don't you touch that mic. <laughs> two soldiers, opposite sides that bonded, eating the fruit, sharing the fruit that uh, one of them had. Uh, he wanted to know who won, but there's just two of them surviving. That didn't matter. And it struck me then and now that most of our life is spent in combat. We talk about that, but it's against powers and principalities. And in this case, two guys that were supposed to be killing each other came together, and that meant a lot to me then and now. And what I ultimately heard through this is I'm supposed to help people smile, to bring joy. And God reminded me that when I do go into a room, that's the normal reaction, except maybe here with my band of brothers because we pick at each other a lot. But I am to be a peacemaker, and that is what I was created to be. And for most of my life, I was a peace seeker. I didn't want any conflict, didn't want to be around anything that was even remotely uh, that would hurt relationships because I love people. I've, that's a gift from God. I'm not sure why some of them I love, but even Robbie I love to death and couldn't, couldn't live without him. And now, he, now you can talk. <laughs> well, I, actually, it was really profound. I was just going to mention, actually, that you hadn't got to the part which kind of wish that people before they heard the song would have known that because I've never heard the song before in spite of the fact that we're the same age almost that that when they heard the song that this is two combatants that are now find themselves like the only ones left on the battlefield and that smile is is a sense of what you talked about at the beginning of the uh, of, of your introduction that that smile was just an indication that it you know, we, we could leave the room in a more peaceful way than we entered the room. And the, and the idea of the berries being like you talked about sharing the fruit. It's just, it, it took us a while to get there, but it <laughs> yeah. really, it, it, it's very profound. Well, I and usually go straight to the point because you, you guys know that about yeah. me, right? Yeah, but, I, but <laughs> you knowing know, you as I do, I, I totally agree yeah. that you bring exactly that to the party in many situations where things are you know pretty crazy and you and i have experienced some crazy situations where you know it's really nice to have those giftings and and it's to me it speaks to that we all have a similar purpose in being a man being initiated and whatever but there also is something uniquely made about jim that he brings something that i can't bring and each one of us. Right, right. I think it's beautiful. I really do. I was not, not, not this one time, I wasn't going to bust you. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to try to you know, bring in the part about the combatants, because to me, that's the secret to the clip. 
The one of the gifts God did give me, and I again don't know why, but it's a big part of who I am. I love not finding people that are like me because that's hard to find, fortunately, but the differences that we all bring to the table and the synergy you get from being with people that are different. God wanted us to love people that we may not like up front, but once you love them, you get to know them. There are very few people I've ever met that I wanted to run away from once I got to know them better. So, you know, too, Jim, um, on that clip, um, you know, stress spelled backwards spells desserts, right? Yes. <laughs> I had to throw that in. I've, I've waited on it. I wasn't going to share that, but then I got to thinking when, as you were talking deeper about, you know, the stress of war, and then they shared the, the fruit, dessert. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was going. When you Did said you bring... stressed, stressed, I heard right. stress. So, stress. Wait a minute, that starts with no. Stress. Oh. Stressed. <laughs> so much for uh, attempt at humor. Well, no, that Jim, was great. It was it, good. We just heard something different. No, got, got Jim, it. in your setup, what was that word you used for the rabbit? A lagomorph. Lagomorph. Well, I thought that was a character in Andy's clip. <laughs> so, Andy, you have a clip for us? I do. I do. It, it comes from Lord of the Rings, the, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. And it's near the end, probably the last 20 minutes, and it's um, Frodo and, and Gandalf talking. And Frodo's, um, he's, uh, he's questioning why he's had to be the ring bearer because of all the stuff that he has to deal with that the others don't. And, and Gandalf kind of speaks into that. I'm not going to take his line now, but we'll talk about it on the other side. And then it gets into as as uh, Frodo's going on to, to Mordor and Mount Doom, he wants to go by himself because he doesn't want anybody else to be bothered by it. But Sam's been kind of his sidekick all along and kind of been given that uh, role. And it speaks both the, the journey of them getting to their purpose and you'll just, both of them, um, you know, both of them have a role to play in this journey, in this story. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. You can't swim. Sam! Sam! I made a promise, Mr. Frodo. A promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Oh, Sam. So, I probably should have explained there. Um, Sam actually 
Frodo's going to Mount uh, Mordor and Mount Doom in a boat, and Sam just runs out. He's so committed to the purpose that was assigned him from Gandalf that he just goes and jumps in the water and about drowns because he can't swim, obviously. You hear that. And Frodo saves him, so then Frodo's got purpose in that. It purposes all over that. Gandalf's purpose of leading him, Gandalf being the Christ figure and how he leads them to it. And, and Gandalf's presence is all throughout the movie as he leads each one of them into their purposes, right? But uh, that, that statement, all that we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. And, and it's really a powerful statement. Yes, um, it is our choice. He gives us a choice. We have to decide whether we're going to take up that call, that purpose. You know, God definitely brings a relationship. That's the most important part of our purpose is to find him. But he doesn't call us to sit on a behind, right? He calls us to do something with him. And that's what's going on here in, in Lord of the Rings. Um, I like this quote from Mark Twain that uh, – I think I'll be using an upcoming talk. The two most important days in your life are the day that you are born and the day that you find out why. And I think that, you know, really speaks to, um, again, it's not just a, like a destination. It's a journey, that calling, that purpose, that reason you were born. But wouldn't life would be pretty born, boring if we just were called into a relationship that required nothing of us? required no commitment, required no following, that would be a boring relationship. And I don't, and I think God knows that. He created us heart for that journey, for that calling, for that purpose. And we have to depend on him to, to, to find that out or to find it out and then to actually execute it. Yeah. We've been watching, um, we were watching the show Outer Banks, and, and um, if you hadn't watched the show, it won't spoil much of it. You know, life is kind of like a treasure hunt. It really is. Is that you know there 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 are nuggets along the way that points you toward who you truly are, and and you know those are kind of the things we want to kind of unpack. Is that you know where are those moments in life, and, and you know we could we could do several shows on just those moments. I think, but the uh, I, I want to throw something out to you guys. Is that you know can you describe a defining moment, a, a treasure, a, a treasure pointer, if you will. Where God took a moment and and pointed you toward your purpose, Harold. I had one quite a few years back. I think it was around two thousand and two, to be exact. I had been having symptoms of heart issues, but didn't recognize it because I didn't have chest pain. I didn't have shortness of breath. I had a tightness in my throat uh, when I would be exercising. Well, I. I was at the doctor to be checked out, and uh, so they sent me to the hospital to have a catheterization. When they started that process, I checked out twice. I flatlined twice and was paddled back. I didn't know it at the time. My wife told me later. But uh, the, the next morning, they cut me open and did five bypasses. I had a hundred percent block in the major right. And I had a little over ninety in the Widowmaker. Uh, so they did they did the surgeries. I was laying there in the recovery after I'd kind of got my senses back, and I thought, why me? You know, of all the kajillion people over the face of the earth that die every day from things similar to me, 
why did I not? Uh, with they had made the statement, if I'd have had a heart attack, I'd have had one, no second chance with what was going on with me. And I lay there, and I and it was you know why me, Lord, why why am I spared? And it came to me that I needed to tell people about the heart symptoms that I experienced because they're not the typical ones, but they're, they're serious. People need to know when to act regarding heart issues. They also need to know when to act regarding spiritual heart. So your physical heart keeps you alive physically, but unless you take care of that spiritual heart, you're dead forever. So, yeah, I think I had an experience that gave me a purpose in life. You know, there was a there was a time in my life when I was on the cusp of what became Ashboro Ministerial, and you know, God was dealing with me a lot of stuff. But but I was the last guy on the planet I viewed as a leader or as a minister or a pastor or any of that kind of stuff because of all the wounding, all the all the stuff that that I had become convinced of. And I remember meeting my dear friend Ron Harris, and and for the first time ever, and you know he looked at me in the eye, and he he quoted a scripture that I had been studying for two weeks. God would not let me get away with it, get away from it. And you know he says, you know you're trying to follow, but God is telling you to step out and lead. Those men in Ashboro need a leader, and it was a defining moment for me. Was that you know. I'd love to tell you I took off running toward destiny like nobody's business, but, you know, a lot like Gideon, I really like this wine press. I really do. (laughs) And, you know, so, but those are the things that, you know, God is pointing, got road signs, got clues and all that kind of stuff on this adventure. And it's it's those moments, like Harold was sharing, that, that, that really make us or break us, I think. So, Jim, you got something? I do, but after those, it seems almost silly. Uh, I used the word lagomorph earlier. I, biology was my least favorite science. And I think I remember the other word. I have a good friend that's a whole lot smarter than I am and lifelong. I met him when I was 18. And the defining character, one of the defining characteristics of a lagomorph is they are copro. Phagic, I believe is how it's pronounced. Look it up because even in after hours, we don't want to talk about that. But God sent me, and I knew it was God. I knew I had to do it to talk to him about faith. He was a fallen away Catholic, still loved the man to death, and one of the most impressive human beings I've ever known. And I said, I can't do that. He's going to shake my faith. Because this this was pretty early in my journey that uh, God said, do that. And he told me to do it. And we sat up talking. We probably started about 11 p.m. And we were still sitting out in his driveway at 3 in the morning. And there was not an immediate effect. But I didn't lose my faith. And that was real. I really was. You know, he's going to talk me out of God, and I don't want that, so I'm not going to talk to him. But when God tells us to do something, we do it, especially if we don't see a way of doing it, because that's a good way to know it's absolutely God. If you can't see any way to do what you just heard him say, it's going to happen. And that was a huge faith builder for me. And 
let me know that it's not on me to be successful. I do what I'm told to do following God, and then he brings about the outcome. And 30 years later, he's back in the Catholic Church, and he is he was one of the most, uh, I don't know, I forgot the word. See, I can't remember the easy words. But he was the most, the, had the best integrity of anyone I've ever known in my life. And Chuck is now in God's hands. And I don't know if I had any impact or not. And I really don't think I did, but God did. Anybody else got anything? I guess mine was um, probably um, um, talk about it in the calling talk. Um, just 2016, uh, been separated for quite a while uh, and was really not getting a lot out of where I was working and I was really just not really advancing like I wanted to and I wanted to change. And I went to work for a new company, and it's about the time I joined the ministry, and and it really called me into to something, a journey, a, 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 something different that my heart needed at the time. And I I look back and I see how God prepared me for the point. I had to kind of go through a mess and try to do stuff on my own, but it was Him leading me to this place, and He did so much in helping me recover my heart, finding my identity, finding sonship. And all these things, and then uh, the purpose and the calling became out of that. Well, I was like, okay, this has changed my life. This m- really impacted me. I need to share this with others. I think most all of us that sit here have had that same thing. You could get this, and God could make all these incredible changes, but you know, did it really impact you enough to? cause you to go share it with others, to want to do that, to put yourself out there on the line, and I'm not a public speaker, but to share my story and and be able to do that, that, that is where I just feel, feel like I've really found my purpose and place in the story. So, Yeah, so often we don't know how we impact folks or, or, or even that we are, and, and that's a beautiful thing about what we do, I think, and, you know, I just want to correct a small agreement I heard just a second ago of I'm not a public speaker. Um, (laughs) I'm on the radio, but I'm not a public speaker. I wasn't a public speaker. Oh, we all, every single person that ever spoke is a public speaker, and God gave us all a voice because, you know, we all have something to say. That's He gave it to us. Robbie, we got some things coming up you want to share? We got about 30 seconds. Our we upcoming do. events. We, we have an entrenchment that's going to be coming up in Lexington. That's mm-hmm. going to be yeah. awesome in April. But we're, first of all, we got people need to register right now for the advanced boot camp. So if you've been to any of our events or another John Eldridge event, that's coming up May 30th through April 2nd. March 30th. That too. March 30th. <laughs> March 30th through April 2nd, advanced boot camp. This is the Truth Network.